Hey, good morning. So good to see you all today. If you're a guest, I want to say welcome. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor Grove, and we're thrilled you're here with us today. Glad you came. Uh, welcome all those tuned online. Thanks for being here with us. I know this can be a challenging message for you and a helpful message. And uh, we're in a series that's, uh, this is part four of a series called Frequency. And really the series is designed to help us cut through the noise so we can hear what God is saying. Uh, one of the most common questions that, that I have when people I talk to people about, about but God and the Bible is, well, how do I know what God is really saying? Like, how do I differentiate between his voice and other voices and just my own voice? And today we're going to give you a, the fourth part of the series. That we, it's important that we learn this dynamic because if we don't, uh, we could potentially miss out on what God is speaking to us on a, on a regular basis. And so the first week, I'll do some reviews. So if you're uh, new to the Grove, uh, this is your first week or uh, you maybe haven't been in church for a long time. We take an idea and we walk through the idea for four to five weeks, six weeks sometimes a, in a series. And so uh, this is part four. So you're coming on the end of the conversation. And so if you want to go back and catch up, those are all um, archived for you to do that on our website uh, through Facebook, through our website, or through um, um, our podcast. So you can catch up there. Uh, but the first week we talked about how it's important we have to do our part. If we're going to hear God's voice, there's a part that we play in being prepared to really hear God's voice. And we said that God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. And we talked about our heart and talked about our life, how if, if we're going to hear God's voice, we have to have a prepared, be prepared for that. And that was week one. Uh, that was really key, so make sure you don't miss that first one. Go back and catch up on that if you did. Uh, the second week, we talked about how, why God speaks. We said God speaks for different reasons. Uh, one, he speaks to facilitate friendship. Another reason he speaks is to give guidance. Another one is uh, to provide perspective. Um, and the last one is produce results. So the reason God is speaking is because he wants to accomplish something in our lives. And if that, if they know that, when he does speak, he's asking us to do something with it. And we said that when we understand that, the more we say yes to God, the longer we walk in that obedience of saying, okay, whatever you ask me, I'm going to do, uh, the clearer the spiritual picture he has for our life becomes because we're saying yes. And then he continues to show us more and more. And we have this, this bigger idea. And then last week was part three. We talked about hearing God's voice. Really, one of the major way God speaks to us is through um, what, we call, was, what the Bible calls a still, small voice or a whisper. And we said that he whispers a few things to us. He whispers encouragement. Uh, he'll whisper warnings. Uh, he'll whisper directions. And he'll whisper dreams. Um, and, and we have to be paying attention because God, it's not that God has a speaking problem. It's that we have a hearing problem or a listening problem. So to pay attention to those whispers because he wants to whisper those things to our lives so that we can um, hear what he's saying to us. So we can follow, follow through and, and do that. And so the last few weeks we're talking about, you know, um, just hearing God because sometimes we have, a, have, have it's more of our, our, on our side of, of not quite getting to that right frequency to hear what he's saying. Uh, in fact, I found a couple of comics that, that highlight this talking about sometimes we have hearing problems, right? Uh, so there's this uh, lady telling her husband, I think you need a hearing test. And he says, why the heck do I need a hairy chest? If that's, that's you, you have a hearing problem, right? So you, have a, you, have, you need some help there. Uh, another one I found is pretty funny. Uh, the Grim Reapers come into this man saying, I'm deaf. And he said, that's okay, I'll speak louder. Right? And then my favorite one, this last one, it's a picture of two guys in a boat. Seriously, right? So he says this, I'm telling you, I hear something. I'm just not sure what, what it is. I'm not quite sure what it is. Sometimes this is us in life. Like, man, I just sense something. Something's going on. You know, I just don't quite know what it is. And all the while, there's something barreling behind us, right, that possibly take us out. Um, so in life, uh, listening is really important. And we have to be able to um, recognize that um, in when God is speaking to us, he wants to share things with us, but we have to be attentive and, and aware of what he's saying uh, so we can respond. All right, John 10, uh, 3 through 5, here's the, the scripture we use for the whole series to kind of keep it together is um, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. So the picture is there's this, this pen that, that is enclosed uh, um, of sheep inside of it, this pen with sheep, and the gatekeeper, he opens the gate and there's all these different sheep from different shepherds, different groups in this in this 
in his pen. And as he opens the gate, it says that, uh, that, that he calls his own sheep by name and he, and he leads them out. And when he has brought them all out um, on his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So as the shepherd calls, the sheep recognize and they leave the pen uh, to follow the shepherd wherever he leads them, right? It says that, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Today we're going to talk about the, t- the two major voices in our lives that, that are always speaking and how we can recognize God's voice and differentiate from, from the stranger's voice. And we get this picture of, of, of a sheep following a shepherd. You know, Psalms 23, one of the, the most famous psalms in the, in the Bible, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Right? It's the idea that God is, our, is the shepherd that's leading us as sheep. And sometimes he leads us to quiet places. Sometimes he leads us to refreshing um, pasture so we can, we can eat, we can rest. And sometimes he leads us through really dark places. And in those times, he's always leading us. It's always for our benefit. He's always there with us. And this is this idea that if, if we're going to follow him and not get distracted, not go off course, uh, we need to recognize his voice and then respond to it. And so we have to learn this dynamic. But here's the thing. There's, there's God's voice, but then there's also the enemy's voice that's speaking. And, and, and the question is, how do I differentiate between the two? How do I know what God is saying and when it's somebody else's voice? Because um, here's the thing. The enemy is also always speaking. It's not just God. In fact, the men's conference uh, last weekend, one of the speakers said, you know, in your life, God gets a vote for things you can do. The enemy gets a vote. And then we get a vote. And whatever we decide is really where we, where we go with our life. Are we going to follow God's direction or are we going to follow the enemy's direction? Are we going to give in to just things we want to do or are we going to follow what God is asking us to do on this journey? And so he's, he's inviting us into this, into this journey. Um, and here's the thing. Even when it comes to hearing God's voice, even mature, experienced you know, people can still miss it. I can still miss it. I don't get it perfect every time. Um, I'm human. Um, and sometimes, it's, it's whatever, for whatever reason, it's, it could be something that I don't understand or uh, I thought something differently or other people in our lives, they, they have good intentions, but they, they don't always get it clearly or perfectly. A great example of this is in the Bible where Peter is, uh, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do people say I am? And, and they say to all these different people, and they say, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, well, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. You've come. And, and Jesus says, Peter, heaven has revealed this to you. Not, not a man, but, but God has revealed this to you. So essentially saying you heard from God. And then a moment later, Peter's, he tells Peter he's going to go on the cross and die. And Peter says, no, you can't do that, Jesus. We're not going to let you do that. It's not going to happen. And Peter, uh, Jesus tells Peter, like, okay, he, says, he actually says, get behind me, Satan, right? You're, you're trying to, to lead me away from what God wants. So here's a guy who gets it right one time, and a few minutes later he gets it wrong. Um, and so we're saying, how do you know the difference? When do you, when, why are we missing it, and why, what does it take to get it right when God is speaking? Um, and so last week, um, well, let me read a, a verse. First John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, John is, is talking to us uh, in, in, in this Bible a book towards the end of the Bible in First John. He says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So what is he saying? There's, there's not going to just be one spirit, one voice speaking. There's going to be, at times, multiples. So how do you test this? How do you figure out? Don't just believe anything uh, and any, any voice, anyone that speaks to anything that tells you that's from God, but test the spirits. So there's a spirit of God. He's going to speak. But then there's other spirits throughout the world that also want to mislead and have their own agenda, their own thing. So learn to, to distinguish that. Uh, last week we talked about when, when it comes to recognizing God's voice and, and listening, who voice you're listening to, uh, Elijah, the story we told is the still small voice came in a story where Elijah was discouraged and a little depressed and it, it was running, running from uh, the queen who said she was going to kill him. Um, and he was, he was uh, just discouraged and it says God came and spoke to him. And it wasn't in the loud noises, the, the earthquake and the fire, but it was in a still small voice. Well, here's the thing. Why was Elijah discouraged in the first place? I think because he was listening to the wrong voice. Because the day, the day before, he had this great miracle where he followed God and God did this great thing through his life and accomplished some great things through Elijah. 
And then, then he gets word from the queen that she's going to kill him and she's mad at him. And he listens to that voice and that overrides all the other things that God was doing in his life in that moment. And he gets discouraged. And in the middle of that, God says that God shows up and he whispers. Um, so depending on what voice you're living, listening to, it will determine the outcomes you'll have. And some, some of us, maybe in this room, you've been discouraged, you've been anxious, you've been worried about things. It's quite possible you've been listening to the wrong voice, and that's why you've been listening to it. And so today we're going to talk about what, how do you distinguish between the two? How do, I, how do you know what God is saying? Uh, Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads, it leads to death. And so um, there's a way that seems right to us, but we need to figure out, like, what, what is God speaking so that I can, I can uh, follow his lead? Because sometimes it's ourself. We, we make choices because it feels good. And we, we, we sometimes ask the question like this, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? I'm sure God wants me to be happy, right? No, God, God is not so much concerned with your happiness. He wants to be fulfilled. He wants you to have joy in life. But it's not always happy because sometimes happy means that we make choices that actually lead us to be miserable in life because we follow something that's just for the moment. And God always sees the bigger picture. And he says, no, don't just chase happy. Like there's something greater than happy. There's fulfillment in life. There's joy. And when we listen to God, he'll, he'll help us to become mature. He'll help us to become holy is the way the, the word the Bible uses, to, to be more like him. And that's really what he wants for our life, not just to be happy. And if you chase happy, you'll find miserable a lot of times. But if you'll chase maturity, you'll find happy will be thrown in with it. At some point you'll realize, like, wow, my life is working the way God wants it to work. Um, so here's a few things. If we're going to figure out distinguishing between, um, you know, was this God speaking? Was this the enemy speaking? Was this just, just the food I ate last night? Um, was this a, something I watched? Was this just the dream that I had? What is it? How do I distinguish? Well, there's a few things, a few filters I'm going to give you to be able to test. All right, so I, I have a sense that maybe God is leading me in this direction, but how do I know? Like, I have these two options. What is God speaking to me? Well, number one, does it line up with the Bible? If you ever sense that God is speaking or somebody tells you God spoke to you, and uh, does, well, the first thing you got to say is, does it line up with the Bible? Here, here's the thing about, about the Bible. It's a gift that God's given us. It's not just a book. It's a book of books written by multiple authors uh, pointing to the same person, to Jesus. And uh, as, as we look at this book, um, it's a pretty um, miraculous thing that we have. It's a gift that God's given us. And here's the thing about the, the, the Bible says about itself, and what we believe about the Bible is it is the word of God, like the words he's spoken, the, the things he's doing in life. Here it is. And so if, if you will recognize, one of the ways you'll recognize God's voice is you'll understand what it sounds like and you'll understand the things he says. And the more familiar with this book, uh, the more likely you'll recognize when God is speaking and when it's not speaking. So does it line up with the Bible? For example, if somebody came to me and said, you know what, I really believe God is asking me to, to leave my wife of 13 years and I'm going to go chase, you know, a new, new woman. Like I think he's leaving another one. Well, that's very obvious that's not God's voice. Why? Because that's contrary to what he said in, in the Bible. Uh, God's voice, it never contradicts his word. So if he says something and it's against something in the Bible, that was not God. It's something else that's, that's trying to lead you somewhere else. And so that's one way is you have to ask the question, does this uh, line up with the Bible? In Matthew 19, 30, uh, 19, verse 3 through 6, it says that some Pharisees, religious people, came to Jesus to test him. And they asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any, and any other reason, for any and every reason? And this is how Jesus replies, well, haven't you read? Haven't you read the scriptures? Like, come on, guys, didn't you, didn't you open up the Old Testament and read through that? He says, at the beginning, the creator made the male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they're no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, whatever God has joined together, let no man separate. So what he's saying is God intended when somebody makes a commitment, they stay in that. Now, in our culture, you know, there's, there's times where um, culture begins to shift and change. And some things that maybe 30 years ago, culture said, no, that's not appropriate, that's not right. Now is like, hey, you can do whatever you want. It's, it's fine. But the problem is sometimes it's against what God says. 
Um, and, and, and for this, it's not, not that I'm picking on divorce because I understand that, that there's a lot of things that play into that. Um, and, and one thing that I've noticed is I've met people who have gone through that, and God still uses their life in incredible ways to help other people. So no matter what you face, that's not the end of it. God can still use your life in great ways. But in this case, he's saying um, the Pharisees, religious people, were trying to use the word of God to accomplish things that God never wanted them to accomplish. And he even said because of your hard hearts. You're, you're, you're trying to um, use scriptures to lead you into different, uh, different lifestyles that God doesn't want you to. And we have to be really care of that, uh, careful of that because uh, the truth is our opinion doesn't matter all that much. If somebody came and said, what do you think about this and this? Well, really, honestly, my opinion doesn't matter. What, what, is, what does God say about it? That's more important than just what I have, have my, my opinion, my view. And as culture progresses and changes, we have to be really careful of that. Because if we're going to follow God and follow Christ, we have to be aware of what he's saying so that when culture says, no, that's okay, you can do that. And God is saying, no, no, that's not okay. That's going to lead you down something that's going to be destructive and not going to be anything good. We need to say, I'm going to step back from that. Even if everybody else is going that direction, I'm going to say, no, God doesn't want me to go that direction. I'm going to, I'm going to stay true to what he's asking me and follow his lead. And the results will always be great. But when you just follow whatever's popular, whatever's going, you'll end, end up falling, getting to places that you wish you never would have got there because we ignore his, his, his word. Um, in Luke, uh, Luke 20, 33, um, Jesus says this, and, and though all heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my word remains forever true. So my word, the, the words that I've spoken, they're going to remain forever true. It's, it's consistent. Um, and sometimes what happens when it comes to knowing, knowing the Bible, what God is saying, it, there are people who will take out of context. And this is even on Sundays. You have to pay attention to even what I say. Don't, just because I say it doesn't, it doesn't mean you believe it, but it doesn't line up with God's word. Because uh, it's easy for somebody to take a scripture out of context and use it for a political agenda or use it for their own agenda or use it for their – to say prove something like the Pharisees are trying to do. Like, see, I can do what I want because doesn't it say it here? And, and Jesus the whole time is saying, no, that was one verse. But if you take it in the what they call the whole counsel of God, which means you don't just take one isolated verse out of context, but you have to compare it to other verses that say something similar. And you say, what is the whole thing saying? Because it's easy for any of us to take something out of out of context and use it to manipulate, to say, say what it wanted to say. And that's not what God is always saying. For example, um, Jesus is tempted before his ministry starts. It says he's baptized, he goes into the wilderness and fasts for 40 days. The enemy, Satan, comes and begins to tempt him. And he says, Jesus, and he uses scriptures to tempt Jesus. He says, Jesus, you know, this is what the Bible says. Why don't you do this? And you know how Jesus responds? He says, well, the Bible also says this. And he takes the whole counsel, not just one verse, but he says, but it also says this. And the way he combats the enemy to, to take him off course is by saying, this is what, what God is asking us to do, not just that. There's more to that verse than just this. And then he comes with another verse. says, oh, yeah, well, it also says this. And he says, well, yeah, but it also says this. And he uses the words of God to be able to say, I can't get off course. Even though that you, what you're saying is a shortcut, even though what you want, that's not what God asked me to do. And he uses the Bible to say, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Um, in... In the men's conference last weekend, one of the speakers, he shared this study that they did. Um, um, it's Center for, for Biblical Engagement did a study on, on, on Christians and, and the Bible. And when we engage the Bible, the difference it makes in our lives. And uh, the study said this. They wanted to discover what's the difference between somebody who reads the Bible one time and somebody that doesn't or doesn't go to church. And what they found was there was no real difference between them and lifestyle, what they believed. So if somebody read the Bible once a week and somebody didn't, there really wasn't a change. So they said, well, is there any difference with two, two times a week? So they did the study. They said there's no difference between somebody that reads the Bible two times a week and everybody else, people that don't go to church, everybody else in culture. And they said, well, about three times. And they found three times a week still doesn't really quite make that difference. There's really not quite a distinguishing difference between somebody reads their Bible three times a week and somebody who doesn't. 
But then they said, what about four times a week? And this is where it changed. They realized that four times a week, they saw a significant change. 57% drop in people getting drunk that would write, read their Bible four times a week. People that wrote their Bible, um, 68% drop in sex outside of marriage. 61% drop in pornography. A 74% drop in gambling. And a 30% drop in loneliness. And they said there was this, this big difference between those that read four times and those that didn't read it at all. Um, I think, and this, this, they talked to us last week, challenged us, they, they said, what if you did four or more every week where you had some kind of engagement with God's word, where you would, you would um, begin to engage in, in, on, a, on a consistent basis? I think the difference is when you're four or more, you have the majority of the week where you're engaging somehow with God, saying, all right, what's that verse? What's that, what are you trying to help me out here with? What do you challenge me in life with? And when the when majority of your week is involving God, there's going to be a difference in your life. But if it's not, if it's just here now and then, they, they said there's not really much difference. So my, I guess for me, my challenge is if you really want to hear God's voice, you have to be able to get more, four, four or more in. So today, this would be one, right? You're engaging with scriptures. You're, you're reading the scriptures. You're hearing the scriptures. We're talking about it. But then what about the other days in the week? What, what, what is that going to take to be able to get a habit going? Maybe uh, on your phone, you get a, a version app, right? The Bible app. And uh, you can read a Bible plan every single day. You could, they have a verse of the day every day. It's just it's engaging somehow where you begin to recognize, what is, what is the Bible talking to me? What is it saying to me? Because here's the thing about the Bible. Um, when, when you read it correctly, uh, you don't read it. It actually reads you. Like It's actually telling you things that you need to, to change and do. It's pointing out things in your life. It's helping you discover what God has. So it's important. So does it line up with the Bible? Do you ever have two, two decisions to make and you're saying, um, all right, what is, what is God speaking here? Well, if it doesn't line up with God's word, then... It, it, that's not the choice he wants you to make. You go in the direction where it rises up with his word. That's one filter, right? Here's the next filter. Uh, will it make me more like Christ? The next filter we need to put in and say, and, the, and these decisions I make that I have to take, and when, I hear, when I'm sensing what God is saying, what I'm hearing, is it going to make me more like Christ? And if it's not, then that's not God. Because um, one of the goals of, of being a Christian is that we become more and more like Christ. In fact, being a disciple, it means that we become like the teacher, like the rabbi. When, when Jesus invited his disciples to follow, he was saying, all right, would you come and follow me, right? And I'm going I'm to teach you my ways. Essentially, he was saying, I believe that you have what it takes to do what I do. So if you come and follow me, you become like me, you do what I do, and then you go and teach others. And that's what he was looking for in disciples. It's not just somebody who's going to just know what the teacher knows, but somebody that's going to become like the teacher. Why? So they can help other people become like the teacher also. And, and our life as, as Christ followers means we're saying, God, you make me like you so that I can help other people show them what, what it looks like to follow you, what the life you lived. And so um, and when, here's what I'll say. When it comes to following Christ, um, the goal for following Christ it, um, after, after salvation is to become like him. That's not before. So a lot of people don't. They don't follow Christ because they, they have this idea, this mentality that says, well, I'll give my life to God when I get it all together. Like when I can clean up my act and I get my life working, then I'll, I'll say yes to God. Well, that, that's, not, that's not how it works. So God says, just however you are, you bring that to him. All the messes, all the problems, all the challenges, and then he helps you get in order, right? And what happens is when we, when we do the first step of trying to fix it all and don't go to God in it, we never get good enough and we'll never be able to, to, to follow his lead. Rather, he's saying, I accept you as you are. I'm not going to leave you there, but I accept you as you are. Begin to follow me, and I'll help you to become that person I created you to become. And that's what it means to follow Christ. Not that you get it all together, not that you're perfect. None of us are in this room. We all have issues, and uh, we're working on those issues, and we're saying, God, I want to become more like you. So in these, in these things that we're doing, are you becoming more like Christ? In fact, we have things in our church that we implement. Small groups are one of them. 
Um, they help us to become more like Christ. We're, we're engaged on a, on a weekly basis whenever the small groups are happening to help us learn something that would help us to know more, more about God and to look more like Christ in our life. Our growth track that happens every month. Uh, part of that strategy is to help us discover how God wired us so we can begin to learn how to serve and use our lives to make a difference in this world. And so those things are saying, we want you to discover your life the way God wants you to so you can become like him and more and more. And honestly, you'll find fulfillment because you'll begin to realize that you'll, God will use your life to accomplish things that he created you for in the first place. All right? So we'll make me more like Christ. Uh, Philippians 2, 5, Paul challenges us and says, in your lives you must think and act like Jesus did. Right? thinking and acting like Jesus, like Jesus Christ, like Christ Jesus. He's saying we have to change the way we act, change the way we think, change the way that, that we're living our life, and we must be in line up with, with Christ. He's saying that's our example. Second Corinthians 10.5, uh, he says we must take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So these ideas, these, these words, these things that we're, we're facing on a daily basis, like we have to ask the question, all right, these, these thoughts, these directions in life, does it line up with God? Is he going to make me more like Christ? And if it's not, you say, God, help me to... To, to not follow that, not go in that direction, but go in the direction you want me to. So when you're hearing words, does it make me more like Christ? Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I'm new to church. I don't even, you're talking about the Bible. I don't know what the Bible says. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to recognize God's voice in me speaking because I really don't know what he's going to say. Well, let me give you one, a filter that kind of goes with this one. Does it make me more like Christ? There's a, a really easy way to engage if you, to, to know if it's, it's, it's from God or not. All right. James tells us in three, in chapter three, verse 17 and 18, he says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, all right? So he's saying, if you all know the wisdom, the kind of things that God is giving us from above, he says this, is it, is it, first of all, is it pure? So in your life, when you have decisions to make, if you try and hear God's voice in different decisions and you ask God for help, is it pure? If it's not, that's not of God. That's not the wisdom from God. That's actually from something else. Is it peace-loving? Is it going to help create something in your life that's more peace and more love in your life? Is it considerate? Is it submissive? Is it full of mercy and good fruit? And, he's, and he gives us this, this, this filter to say, well, this is what you need to be looking for. Is it impartial and sincere? If it's not, then it's, a good, good th- it's most likely not from God. And he's saying, here's a really good filter. Is those things that you are looking for, is it really um, giving you uh, the, 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 the fruit in your life that you need to have? And he says, peacemakers who sow in peace, they also reap a harvest of righteousness. So he's saying those that follow God's way, they're going to have the results that are going to be amazing in their life because they're following his lead. And these are the things you can look out for. His wisdom that's from him is all of these things. All right, so, uh, so the first thing, the first filter we said, does it line up with God's word? The second one we said is, does it make you more like Jesus? Well, here's the third thing. Does, it, does godly counsel agree with it? So if you had a decision to make and you went to some friends who are mature believers or they're, they're, they have wisdom in their years and just experience, life experience, and you went and asked them something, and they didn't agree with what you're about to do, then that's an indication that maybe that's not, not the best thing to do. Um, you, does it, does it, the godly counsel agree? Is there agreement with you and what they're saying and with the word, uh, with the Bible? And you've already asked the first two questions, right? Does it line up with the Bible? Does it, does it make more like Christ? Now, do I have other people in my life that I trust that can speak into this, right? Does godly counsel agree with it? Uh, Proverbs 12:15 says, The way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise, they listen to advice. Uh, so, there's a lot of ways that seem right, and a fool just goes that direction. But a wise person says, wait, before I go that direction, let me, let me make sure I'm hearing what others are saying. And they get advice, and they listen to it. Proverbs 19, 20 21 says, listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Listen to advice, accept discipline. At the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. 
So, so if we seek God, he's going to help us to discover that. Uh, you know, in my life, looking back um, over the last few years, um, in 2009, uh, there was a season where um, I'd been a staff pastor at a church down in Bernalillo, living in the Rio Rancho area, and uh, we'd been there for 10 years, and um, I had this sense that God was beginning to say, right, prepare for the next thing. Like, get ready, there's something else coming, just be ready for it. I had no idea what it was, but I just began to prepare. And in, in one of the days that I was, I was sensing that, I prayed and I asked God, I said, what, what is it that you want me to do? And I was reading this book um, in, in the same time around this prayer, and this book had a statement that said that, that the churches that are reaching the most people for Christ are new churches, church plants, church starts, startups. And, and I read this statement, and I said, God, that, that is what I want to use my life for, to help as many people as possible to, to have a relationship with you, encounter your grace and your mercy. So if that's the kind of churches that are reaching the most people, I want to be a part of that. So I began to read about church planning. I went to a, a training for church planning. I began to, to learn more about it, getting excited about maybe planning a church. So in 2009, uh, we began to, to take some steps to say we need to plan a church. So I met with our, our leadership in our network, and I talked, spoke with Pastor Mike, and I said, hey, I went to the conference. I've been reading these books, all this stuff. This is what I think is next. And he said, Eric, that sounds great. He said, I think you're going to do a good job when, when it's time, but I think you need more experience first. He says, here's the thing. He gave me advice. He said, one of two things. He said, we'll help you find a church that you can go pastor for a while so you get experience being the, the, the lead pastor. Or find a mentor who has planted churches that can train you and get you prepared for that. And so I, at first I was like, man, he, you know, he said, no, I'm not, I, I can't plant a church. And a little discouraged because I was, got my hopes up thinking we're going to launch out and plant a church. And uh, I was um, at the time just kind of almost anxious to say, you know what, I think we're going to just go on our own and just do our own thing because I think this is what God is speaking to me. But I had the option to make. Do I do my own thing or do I listen to the people in my life that, that have given me advice? Um, and so I sought some other counsel, and eventually I just said, you know what, I think God is leading us this way, and I think I'm going to follow the advice. Um, and I, I was patient, and we waited, and we prayed, and sincerely myself and, and the kids, and then a door opened up, and then it was an opportunity, and we said, is this the right opportunity, or is this a, is going to take us away from what God is wanting to do? Um, and, and we began to sense that it was, but here was the hard part. Our, we were, the neighborhood we were in was in one of the best school districts, the best school district in, in the, the state for, for our kids, right? So our kids are about school age, almost school age. They're in a great district for school. Uh, that's taken care of. Like the house we're in, we had a lot of friends and family from the church we were part of that took care of us. There's a lot of comfort where we were, and there was a lot of good things that were happening. And, and we could have stayed there and kept doing it, but we had this, this pool of, to leave. And the conversation we had was, if we stay, it'll be for the wrong reasons. We'll teach our kids that we stay because of comfort rather than going out into the unknown. See, because we're going to leave something comfortable to go to something that we had no idea what was going to happen. But we, we followed the advice and we let God open those doors and we stepped through them. And throughout the whole time, all these opportunities kept popping up and we had to kept asking, is this the right thing? And we'd get advice and we, we'd, we'd, follow, we'd, we'd ask God, what is the right thing? And, and talk to people and, and pray and fast and just seek him. And um, looking back... I see now that uh, what, what the journey God has led us on, there's a lot of wisdom in it, right? So he says, listen to advice, accept discipline. At the end, you'll be counted among the wise. I look back and I think, man, I'm a wise person because I, I listened to the advice that was given. And that one of the best things that happened is when I, when I left Bernalillo um, to, get the, to follow the advice of getting mentorship, I, I, I worked for a pastor named Carl Bauman for three years. And it was one of the most incredible um, things for me personally because he helped me to grow and he stretched me and he helped me to become um, ready for ready to plant a church really in those three years. And he just challenged me. 
And I'm grateful for all of the people in the past that poured into my life, but I was so grateful for that opportunity. And if I didn't follow that advice, I would have never got that mentorship, never got that, the, the wisdom transferred to me from somebody who had been a pastor for longer than I had been alive. And it was just an amazing experience. And I'm so grateful I look back and I think, man, that was awesome. Um, and then the last thing when it comes to, to godly counsel is Proverbs 24, 6 says, Surely you need guidelines to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Uh, many advisors doesn't mean just ask as many people as you can, like get as many advices from everybody. No, in this, in this context, he's saying you're about to go into war. So you get your generals, you get your commanders, you get all those that are going fight, to fight, fight the war with you, and you ask them questions. And there's something at stake. So if they say, no, we shouldn't, or yes, we should, they have just as much at stake as you do. So advisors in your life, there's those people who are saying, you know what, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. I think you should do this, even though it's going to cost me a little bit. I heard, you know, we're not going to be as close because you're moving across the country or you, whatever. You're, you're having to new, get a new job or you're starting something new. So there's going to be something at stake here, but I, I really think this is the right thing to do. That's the kind of advice he's saying. You get people around you that, um, that can help you discern and figure out what are the next moves, what are those steps to take. And if you don't have a gr- agreement, you don't move forward. Agreement is so important that you, you have agreement with you, you the word, the, what the Bible's saying, what God is speaking to you, other people in your life. If you don't, you, you, you step back and you say, I'm going to wait until I have this. All right? Uh, so through agreement with, with a godly counsel. And then a lot, the, the fourth filter is this. Do I have peace? So does it line up with the word of God? Um, is it going to make me more like Christ? Are, are people in my life that godly counsel in agreement with this? And then finally, do I have peace? See, because you have those, if you had those three things happen, if there was not peace there, you, you should slow down and wait. You need to have peace. One of the things that uh, I was talking about wife, when, when I was talking about the story of my wife and I when we were leaving Bernalillo, there's a sense of peace. It was like we're leaving something really good to go to something we don't even know, but we had peace. And then there's other times where there's a good opportunity to pop up, and we say that's a good opportunity, but we don't have peace. And so we just would say, you know, we'll back off and say we'll pray some more, we'll wait. And then looking down the road, it was like, that was so good we didn't take that opportunity, and it's so good we didn't take that one because we were able to find this one. And sometimes... A good opportunity in front of you is not the thing to take, but maybe something because there's something better down the road if you'll just be patient and not just jump into whatever comes your way, right? And so when it comes to having peace, here's the great thing about being a Christ follower. You know, in our world, there's people that worship all kinds of things, you know, other gods and, and in some cases things also and idols and all that. Well, in, as a Christian, we don't just worship God. The, the God, we believe the God that made everything. It's not, it's not just a thing that we, like we're worshiping God. It's, it's, here's the difference. We believe that the God that we're worshiping actually does more than just us saying, hey, we, we worship you, God, but he actually lives in us. Like when you become a Christ follower, you're saying the very presence of God, the spirit of God, he lives in us. He gives us life. He helps us to live this journey. And that's a, strac- a, a stark contrast to other, other religions, other things, as we're saying, God, you actually are helping me on this journey. And one of the ways he leads us in peace. In fact, Jesus says, the peace that I give you, the world can't give you. And the peace that I give you, the world can't take away. What is he saying? I'm going to lead you in, in this journey, and just trust me. I'm going to give you a peace that even when it's craziness going on, you'll have a peace that you can stay the course because you're following me, you're trusting me, and what I'm asking you to do. Um, and so when we have, when we have uh, the Holy Spirit leading us, we have the peace that God gives us. 1 Corinthians 14:33 about peace says this, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If you have confusion in your life, you're not uncertainty, not sure, you pause, you wait, and say, God, give me peace. Help me to know what to do. Um, we have, to, we have to have peace to be able to follow what God is asking us. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
So what he's saying, you present your request. God, I have these options. God, I'm trying to hear your voice in this situation. Um, I need your help. And it says that, that his peace will, will be above all understanding means human understanding. It's like, it's like where you get the checklist out and you say pros and cons, right? And when you have a big list of cons and, and the small list of pros and you're like, I'm not going to go that way. But God says, no, no, you should go that way. Even though it's harder, that's the way I want you to go. Or sometimes it's the pros are like, it's very obvious, right? These are all the pros and there's some cons. And God says that con right there is probably the worst cons. You should go this way. It, it, but, but he's saying it's above even our understanding. The checklists are good, but he's saying I'll even help you above that if you'll pay attention. And he says I'll guard. He'll, he'll help guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And that word guard is kind of like a, a garrison, an army that comes around your heart, around your mind, right? So you're, you're in, this, in this journey. You're saying, God, what do I do? Well, you have this army that is helping guard your heart from making the wrong decisions because you have God's peace. And it actually surrounds your heart, surrounds your life where you're in a way you're saying, even though it's, looks like, you know, we don't, might not make it. God is saying, stay the course. I have peace in the middle of this. I'm going to trust him more than I trust whatever else in our world that we're facing. All right? So those are just four filters you use. Does line up with the word of God? Does it make me more like Christ? Does, does godly counsel agree with it? Um, and and do, is, do I have peace about this? And those are four filters that help us on this journey. And even then, honestly, there's sometimes you're still in the middle like, I just don't know what to do. Hey, time is your friend. It's not your enemy. Just just be patient. Don't jump into something until you know it's God leading you uh, forward. And here's the thing. Our series is called Frequency, right? There's two meanings to frequency. One is it's that, that, that one part of all the frequencies, that, that one frequency you can be able to tune in to hear God's voice. Well, the other part of that is, is, is doing something frequently, a lot, over and over, right? And when it comes to hearing God's voice, here's a big part of this is you have to do it um, continuously. It's, it, it happens... Um, by, by doing often and frequently, we're, we're saying, God, I need to tune into you. Um, for example, like, it, be, it has to become a daily practice. So, that, so a couple of things we need to do to make, it, to make it frequently is this. You tune into God every day. Uh, it can't just be a one-time thing. It has to be, all right, on a daily basis, how can I quiet the noise so I can tune into God, what he's saying? Uh, see, because when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to, ch- to church, when it comes to prayer, the goal is not just to do the thing. So it's not like I read my Bible on, on Monday and I'm like, check mark, I did my, did my Bible. The reading it wasn't the goal. What, what becomes of the reading is the goal. So what is God speaking to you in that moment? What's the application? What is the challenge? What is he saying about gossip? What is he saying about, tr- about worry or anxiety, about trust? And then you say, okay, I think this is what he's saying. This is the, that's the goal is to get something from it that he wants us to get. When you come to church, you come with the goal of saying, what is God wanting me to, to do with the, what I just heard? What is that next step I'm supposed to take? That's the goal that you take the step, not just learn the thing. It's not a check mark to be checked off, right, a box to be checked off, but rather it's an experience that says it's not about reading the Bible. It's about experience the one that gave us the Bible. And when we pray, it's about us having this conversation to say, what are you trying to speak to me, God? It's a back and forth, right? It's the goal. The goal is to lead us to the one that gave us the Bible in the first place, um, to slow down and know, so to tune into God every single day. Uh, John ten four says this, when he gets them all out, this is the message paraphrase. Great, great translation of the Bible uh, says this. Um, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. So the same verse we read earlier in the, in, in the service, he said they follow because they're familiar with his voice. Um, you know, how do you, become, how do you become familiar with somebody's voice? You know, how do you become familiar with somebody's voice? You, you hear it a lot, right? If my wife called me on the phone, um, there's just a few words that she'd have to say when I realize, oh, this is my wife. If my kids called me from school or from some other number I didn't know, and I answered it, I would say, oh, that's my son or that's my daughter. Why? 
because I'm familiar with their voice. I recognize their voice. But if they called you, you'd probably be like, um, who is this? Right? I don't recognize your voice. Are my ears better than yours to hearing my kids or my, my wife? No. What's the difference? I'm familiar with their voice. So when I hear it, I recognize and say that's their voice. And for you, you're not familiar with their voice. You'd say, I don't really know who this is. Right? The same is true for God. With God, my ears are not better than your ears to hear God. I'm on this, we're, on the, we're on level ground. You can hear God as much as I can hear God. The difference would be who has more familiarity with what God is saying. And, and the more familiar with God's word and what, what, he's, the, what he's asked people to do throughout history, when he does speak to you, you'll, you'll say, that lines up with the Bible. That, that's exactly what he was doing then. And he, we become familiar with it. The more time we spend uh, listening and, and hearing, the more we'll be familiar with it. So when there's two opposing voices, we'd be able to say, wait, that voice is not God's voice because it's leading me contrary to what he's saying. But also, God wouldn't say that. I'm, I, this is what God is saying. And we begin to recognize it. And I think in our life, that's a big part of, um, of hearing God's voice is, is the ones who hear God's voice are the ones who spend the most time with him. And so if you want to, be, to, to get better at that, you have to learn to make that a part of your day where you're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune out. Uh, and that's the next one. I'm going to tune out the things that, oppose, that are opposed to God. So I'm going to tune into God on it every day, but then I'm also going to tune out those things that oppose, uh, that oppose God. That could be social media. Sometimes social media doesn't, doesn't uh, produce anything good in our lives. We need to have moments where we say, you know what, I'm not going to get on social media. I'm not going to spend the next half hour scrolling, right? I'm going to just uh, pause and listen to what God has to say to me in this moment. I'm not going to just watch a movie. I'm not going to do this. Um, and, and sometimes those things aren't necessarily bad things, but they keep us away from God. It's saying, I'm going to tune out those things, express those things that, that oppose God, but I'm going to tune out things that, that are keeping me from hearing his voice. Um, and then uh, John 10, 5 says this, they won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Those sheep that are listening to God's voice, they, they run away from the voice that is not God because they recognize it, right? They get away, they get away from that. And then the third thing is this, um, if, if you're going to follow God, you have to take steps towards what God has spoken. Um, the whole series this is a big part of that. We're saying he wants to produce something, but it's up to us. Like he's giving you one step, and, and sometimes it's just one step, and that's all he gives you. He doesn't give you the whole picture, just that one. And we have to become those kind of people that say, I'm going I'm to trust you enough to take this one step. And so take steps towards God, what God has spoken to us. Uh, John 10, 27 says, my sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Part of following, being a Christ follower is that we're following his lead. So when he speaks, we take the step to go that way. We take that step. Um, here, so here's my challenge as we end our series. All right, my challenge for today is this. Would you tune in, would you tune out, and would you take those steps? And make this a, a, a habit that you f- do all the time. It's a frequently uh, done thing. You tune in, you tune out, you take the step that God asks you to. You tune in, you tune out, you take that step over and over. And you ask the questions, all right, does it line up with the Bible? Is it going to make me more like Christ? Does godly counsel agree with this? Am I getting advice around this? And then do I have peace to go in this direction? And whenever you have any of those don't line up, then you pause and you say, okay, I need, really need to get clarity. I'm going to slow down and make sure I follow what he's asking us to do. So we become more and more familiar with God's voice by saying, it's going to be something I do frequently. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this as, as often as I can on a, on a regular, regular basis. I'm going, to, I'm going to make it a habit out of it. You know, the last scripture that I just read, um, it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And the next verse says, and I give them eternal life. Um, he invites us into this journey. See, we, we hear eternal life and we think heaven, which it is. That's part of what, what the Bible's talking about. But here's the thing about eternal life. Eternal life doesn't start after we die. 
Eternal life actually starts the moment we say, God, I want to partner with you in this relationship. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be God. I want, I want to follow your lead. That's the moment eternal life starts. So Jesus says the prayer that we should have on a, on a regular basis is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is he saying? Everything that you have in heaven, like we want to bring that to earth. We want to bring healing. We want to bring love. We want to bring grace and peace to those around us. See, we don't have to wait for heaven to die to go to heaven. He wants us to bring heaven wherever we go. And that's a big part of what it means to follow Christ is we're saying eternal life, it starts now. It doesn't start then. It starts now where we say, God, you give us a new start. We live out the life you want. We help as many people around us to discover this and find this. And some of you in this room today, um, you have not experienced that. Eternal life hasn't started for you. For some of you, you've been thinking that will happen later on. No, he wants us to start now. He wants you to be able to live a life that's, that's engaged with God, that he leads you on this journey so you make better choices and you make a bigger impact with your life. And for some of us in the room today, um, you need to make a decision today to say, I want to start that journey. I want to take a step of faith towards God. I want to begin to get more comfortable with your talking about hearing God's voice in my life. That, that way, when I have decisions to make, I can recognize what he's telling me to do. That when I'm faced with temptations, I don't have to give in to the temptation I've been given into for so long because he's going to give me another alternative, other options. And today, I want to lead those in this room that would say, that's me. And I, w- I want to give my life to God. I want to start this journey with him. I'll give you an opportunity to pray. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right there in your seat. So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today? And as I talk through this message in this series, some of you in this room are saying, that's me, I need, to, I need to take a step of faith towards God. I need to begin to trust him with my life. I want better results. I want, I want the eternal life you're talking about to start. I want to bring heaven to earth everywhere I go. The Bible says that if we will ask God to come, it takes humility to do that. We can't do it on our own. God, come into my life. God, forgive me of my past, of my sin. It says the Bible that says he forgives us. He gives us a new start. If we'll just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead, we'll be saved. So today, um, if that's you, uh, would you let me know by just lifting your hands? Saying that's me today. I'm here. And I want to take that step. Awesome. See your hands. Quite a few hands. That's me today. I'm going to take that step. Great. Awesome. Uh, if you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're a Christ follower, a Christian, would you, would you join us in praying so that those that raise their hand are not praying alone? Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today I commit my life to you. Would you give me a new start? Forgive me of my past, of my sin, so I could start this journey with you. I believe you died on that cross in my place. I believe you rose again so I could have a new life. I want to follow your lead. So be the Lord of my life. I put my trust in you today. Guide me and lead me. Give me ears to hear what you're saying so I could follow your lead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate all those that raised their hand and prayed that prayer today. So good.